Welcome to Off the Bench with Benny Jones and Scott Sattler. Uh, welcome to Off the Bench, uh, post NRL, post AFL. We now shift our focus towards the summer sporting pursuits, of which there are plenty happening around this brilliant country of ours. And as always, we've got plenty to talk about. My name's Benny Jones. Great to have your company. Great to have the company of this man as well for Liquorland, for all of your liquor needs, Scotty Sattler and Sats. It's not a time for too much mourning, although we miss the footy. There's um, some test matches to be played. There's cricket. There's A-League. There's basketball, horse racing, NFL. Uh, it's all going on, mate. We'll find something to talk about, won't we? Well, it was a great weekend last weekend, wasn't it, of AFL and Rugby League Grand Finals. I, yeah. I love the AFL Grand Final on Saturday. That was just at half time when I didn't. Collingwood fans, or you wouldn't have because you're a mad <laughs> magpie fan, but um, yeah. at half time, all Collingwood fans, they just... Joffa, is it Joffa? Yeah, Joffa. He had the... The head of the cheese squad. He was flapping the arms. (laughs) We all were. (laughs) Yeah, and then he was in the fetal position at at full time. But um, what a great weekend. And, of course, the the NRL Grand Final just had so much theatre around it with Billy retiring, the Cooper Conk um, circus throughout the week that we we saw him finally take the field, which we we always thought he would. Mm. Um, Yeah, but an amazing weekend of sport and, and still so much... The week that's just gone with, of course, Greg Inglis. Yeah, we'll touch on that shortly. And uh, we'll also touch on it with a, a man we caught up with earlier in the week, great friend of ours here uh, on Off the Bench. In fact, former uh, co-host of the show, a big part of NRL Nation and a former league star in his own right, Brent Tate, who we spoke to not only about GI, but uh, also the wash-up from uh, the 2018 Grand Final. The NRL decider will have a great debate. We'll uh, nominate a Makita Power Player and uh, also uh, have a look at some uh, high-pressure moments from over the weekend. But let's start with uh, your thoughts, Sats, on that 2018 NRL Grand Final. The Sydney Roosters proving far too strong, just really blew the Melbourne Storm off the park. It was, again, another incredible example of their watertight defence, which had been the best throughout the season. And they do say there's an adage somewhere, I don't know who owned it, but defence will win your premierships. And it was never more true than what we witnessed on Sunday. Yeah, I never really ever bought into that um, that line because I've always thought, well, you've got to score more points first and foremost. Are you coming to, to around the to opposition. it now, though, Sats? But last week may have converted me, yeah. <laughs> you know, that was an amazing performance. We knew within the first 10 minutes that it was going to be a really long night for Melbourne and they just didn't seem to have the fight back or they didn't have the answer to try and to try and overwhelm the, the way the Roosters were overwhelming the Melbourne Storm. They completely destroyed them, didn't yeah, they, Benny? Yeah. They just came straight through Strangled the middle. Them. They didn't try and come up with any fancy game plan to try and move the ball and break up this this great defensive structure of the Melbourne Storm. They just said, we're coming straight down the middle, we're staring you straight in the eyes, and you've either got to beat us, because if you don't, we're going to go straight over the top of you. And that's yep. exactly what they did. Zero line breaks throughout the whole night mm. against the Melbourne Storm, unheard which of. is just unheard of. Uh, great defensive structures. You know, Really good defenses, defensive coaches in rugby league will say, you've got to work in threes. The man who's got to make the tackle the man that's inside him and the man that's on the outside of him. He's got to adapt and make the right decisions based on the man on, on the inside of him. So, And they just did that. They worked as three-man units all the way across the field from Mark all the way out to the wings. And it was an amazing performance. You know, so amazing that the only try that the Melbourne Storm could score was from 90 metres out from an intercept, yeah. which isn't class as a line break. So mm. you know, just the statistics at halftime were quite amazing. It was a near-perfect half of rugby league for the Roosters, um, and they needed the, mm. the perfect half of rugby league 
coming into the biggest game of the season. Yeah, I remember, I recall, in fact, yourself and uh, Gary Belcher uh, talking about this game in the week leading up to the grand final, where it will be won, where it will be lost. And you, uh, I think, might have pointed out the kick chase game was going to be imperative to the side that would eventually come out with their nose in front. And he won the Clive Churchill medal. He had to take on extra responsibility, of course, with Cooper Cronk uh, playing with that injured wing. But Luke Keery's kicking game was pinpoint. And as you've said, I mean, Billy Slater, one of the all-time great fullbacks we're ever going to see, just had had no time to react, no time to breathe. There was no chance for the Storm to really run and get at the line. And whatever plans they had hoped to execute uh, under Trent Robinson in the build-up to Sunday, they absolutely nailed them, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Um Trent Robinson, listening to his post-match press conference and how he was really upbeat. He's not usually a really upbeat guy. Um, I find him quite fascinating, Trent Robinson. I've, I've listened to some of the players talk about it where they've never, ever seen him blow up. Mm. He's always so composed. Stays at a level, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah and, and in that post-match press conference, he said that when they turned up to do rehab on Sunday morning after the Saturday night when they defeated the Rabbitohs, he said... I looked at Luke Keery and Luke Keery said, this is the way that I'm going to play, even if Cooper was going to play or not. Yeah. He said he won that Clive Churchill medal on the Sunday. Now, yeah, he had taken a lot of responsibility, not noted as a as a recognised kicker, but he, he kept hitting, putting high ball after high ball yep. up, to, up to Billy Slater because his forwards allowed him to. They just dominated through the middle so much. They, they made so many grounds through the middle that he was able to put mm. the high ball up, uh, which any half can do. And, Every time Billy got the ball, he had four or five kick chases just bearing down on him. Yep. So yeah, it was always going to be which Ford Ford pack was willing to roll their sleeves up, win that battle in the middle, and just gave them their kick chase an opportunity to, to win that field position. That's exactly what they did. You know, it, it can be boring footy, but it wasn't mm. the other night because it's it's how aggressive they played. Young Victor Radley, like he's just turned 20 years of age and played that grand final like he was in his fourth or fifth grand final. It was just quite amazing, the mindset that they're in, the the Roosters. And I, I thought the Melbourne Storm would win based on their big game players, but mainly based on I just wanted them to win. I wanted Billy to go out with a fairy tale and... Mm. Um, and outside of that, they just they completely kiboshed that idea, the Roosters. Yeah, well, on that note, as we uh, have touched on there, yeah, Billy Slater now sets off into the sunset of retirement, uh, leaves behind. We talk legacies uh, in sport, and, and his will be pretty tough to surpass, I would have thought. Uh, and, of course, we heard post-grand final the announcement uh, via the Melbourne Storm that uh, there will be uh, bronze statues erected of not only Billy but also Cam Smith whose uh, future is still a little bit up in the air as to what his plans are for 2019 but uh, you know the old adage I suppose Sats you don't know what you got until it's gone well Billy is gone not from the game for good hopefully but from a playing point of view just a, a stellar career where he achieved uh, and ticked every box you can as He's a got player. to retire to count his money. <laughs> he probably does have to do that yeah, as going well. into thoroughbred breeding and yeah. a beautiful farm about 45 minutes out of the, the Melbourne CBD. Which, the media, no doubt, will come calling. Yeah, um, yeah, he'll, he'll play a big part in the media as well. Um, he's been a tremendous attribute to the game. I remember playing against him in his first year in 2003. Yeah. I was at the end of my career and he played in the centres and then he made his way back to fullback and... I'd never seen erratic speed like it. Now, yeah. there's controlled speed, mm. beautiful running action a la Jared Hayne, and then there's erratic speed when your legs and arms just go everywhere, but they're just <laughs> they're moving quicker than everyone else on the field. And he was only 19, I think it was, and I remember he, he took off. We played them at Olympic Park, and he took off, Billy. And Reese Wester, who was our fullback, took off after him and was left in his dust. It was like the roadrunner and the coyote. It was... um. 
quite amazing. When I saw him do that, yeah. I thought this kid's this kid's quite special. So um, the way that he's developed his game, also Benny, um, he never was a natural passer, but then he developed that into his game. From all reports, one of the hardest workers you've ever seen off the field, yep. just doing the extras, those little tiny areas of the game that that need to be attended to, and. Um, you know, I, I just love everything about Billy. He's a tremendous guy off the field. He's competitive on the field. Many many call it a, a grub, a grubby competitiveness, but it's not. It's just a, a guy that wants to win every battle. And uh, I just love the way that he's developed himself. He's developed the fullback position. I think Gary Belcher, we're probably a little bit biased. I thought Gary Belcher was the first fullback to revolutionise the number one jersey by acting like another 5'8 or acting like another pass or another link to his outside men. And then... Yep. And then I think Billy Slater just took it to a whole new level. He didn't get the absolute fairy tale finish, but it's worth noting, and we're probably quick to forget, aren't we, Sats, that uh, his career, uh, it looked as though it was over a couple of years ago when he had those back-to-back uh, mm. shoulder injuries, which were debilitating. And even Billy, I think, himself admitted at the time that there were serious demons that crept into his head thinking, well, I'm just not sure my body's going to hold up to it. He came back to obviously star at the origin level. And uh, to finish up the way he has, still very much at the top of his game and to the point where he himself said, I, I know I could play on in 2019, but um, but I'm done. I'm, I'm happy with my lot. So, uh, again, he, he leaves on his own terms, which I think we'd like to see with all of our, our icons and legends, don't we? Yeah, when you start actually entering the idea of could I go for another year, that's, that's when, when you done. know you're finished. Yeah, yep. And, um, yeah, he athletically he could have. Physically he probably could have as well. Yeah. Very rarely do you give up the game of rugby league went just because of shoulder injuries. If it's mm. knee injuries or ankle, absolutely. But you can get through by you know, back-to-back shoulder surgeries. And I always knew that he'd come back. The, you know, the statues that you you alluded to earlier on, Benny, statues outside Olympic Park, it's, you know, that's in an AFL-based city. Oh, yeah. It's an amazing accolade. It shows the impact they've had in, in, in the sporting psyche of, of if Melbourne. If they do Cameron now, does that mean he's not going to play next year? Like, do you get a statue while you're still yeah, playing? Yeah, I'm not sure how that sits with me, uh, and I'm not sure how long the process will take. I, I think it would be... Get it done. He deserves it. ...almost appropriate to, if he does play in 2019, Imagine turning them. up to your home ground and there's a statue out yeah, in front of you and that, you're still playing. That's what I struggle with. Maybe if he does play on... And he gets to the end of 2019. Maybe they unveil them before his last home game or something like that. Maybe mm. they could they could delay it till then. But who knows what the plan is in regards to that? What we do know is uh, it's an honour that is richly deserved. So well done to Billy Slater, and of course well done to the Sydney Roosters, the 2018 NRL Premiers. We're going to catch up with Brent Tate shortly uh, to get his thoughts on the grand final as well as the Greg Inglis situation. And it's fair to say, Sats, because it's an, an interview that we conducted with Tate a little earlier on in the week. His take on the uh, Cooper Cronk dramas, um, really forthright, really interesting. Yeah, different. Um, funnily enough, I received some personal messages actually on, on social media, some private messages saying, you know, totally agree with you in regards to um, the Cooper Cronk angle and okay. Brent Tate. And yeah. I think, you know, they, we spoke about it two weeks ago when you know, Cooper's left a little bit of a bad taste in Brent Tate's mouth a little bit. You know, won Origin games together, played a lot of representative together, been really good mates for years and yeah. working for NRL Nation. He went down to interview him after the game once and, and Cooper completely brushed him as well. And it really hurt Tady emotionally. Mm. Um, so I suppose he, he was looking at this from a completely different angle through a completely set, different set of glasses now, Benny. Yeah. All right. Well, then, uh, off the bench, let's uh, take a short pause and get a Ned's Odds update uh, with plenty of shows still ahead of us.
Righto, joining us from Ned's uh, is uh, the great man, Jared Timms. Timsy. Timsy's tips, by the way, delivered thanks to the Ned's Punters Toolbox. It's available all day, every day for the Spring Carnival. Uh, Jared joins us. G'day, Timsy. How are you? I'm well, Benny. How are you, mate? Yeah, really, really well. Pumped about this Spring Racing Carnival, which is really about to go up a notch or two. And, of course, when we're talking horse racing in Australia, recently named as Australia's Horse of the Year for, I think, the third time. She just writes uh, records left, right and centre. Of course, I'm referring to the Mighty Mare Winx. Uh, she's running around uh, tomorrow in the Turnbull Stakes. And, boy, oh, boy, punters just love getting on board Winx, don't they? Oh, mate, yeah, it's certainly all about the third-up appearance of the Equine superstar here, and unsurprisingly, she's the $1.16 favourite. Her record obviously speaks for itself, and it would certainly take a braver man than me to tip against her. I am looking forward to seeing the Caulfield Cup favourite Kingswell Dream race against her for the first time here. I think he's the biggest danger at $12. Yeah, it feels like there's a lot more interest in the minor placings uh, from a punting point of view, but of course, a lot of people out there will be having their 5 or 10 on wings just to say that they backed her for a 28th straight win. What about the spring champ? stakes. Timsy, what do you got for us there? Yeah, it looks a pretty open and progressive field this year, and it should be a pretty good indicator as to which horses to follow into the derby next month. Thinking Big is the $3.40 favourite from Dealmaker and Aramayo on the second line at $7. Hey, let's uh, shift focus, Timsy, from horse racing to cricket. We couldn't get two further sports apart, but of course, Australia are back in action. We know it's been a tumultuous uh, back end of last summer into winter. The bands of a couple of players, and we just want to get back to seeing the Aussies do what they do best, and that's playing some really good cricket. They're going to have it uh, pretty tough because they're in the UAE. They're taking on Pakistan, and it hasn't been a happy hunting ground for us in the past? No. Obviously, with everything that's happened this year and our inability sorry, to compete with Pakistan away last time, we've drifted out to $2.75, while Pakistan can be taken at even money. What about from a bowling point of view, spin-friendly wickets, top wicket take it, Timsy? Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to have something on the goat, Nathan Lyon, for that reason here, $3.60. <laughs> Mitchell Stark is the favourite, interestingly, but I think looking further down the market, if someone like Ashton Agar gets mm. the nod, I think he's represents a good bit of value at $5.25. Yeah. Yeah, he's been informed the GOAT, so I think that's the smart money. Uh, and what about the biggest, arguably the biggest sporting event in the world? We'll just stick with Australia for now, and that's on Sunday. Uh, the king <laughs> of the mountain, the race to the top of Mount Panorama, and it's Bathurst, of course, for all the rev heads out there. A huge betting interest in this, no doubt. Definitely, yeah. And Triple Eight absolutely dominated at Sandown, and they've absolutely dominated this market as a result. Wing Cup and Dumbrell. $3.50 from Van Gisbergen and Bamba, four fifty, and Lounsey and Richards, five seventy five. Oh, He'll be the sentimental favourite, Craig Lowndes, as he bows out as a full-time driver, but not the last time we'll see him at Bathurst, no doubt. Uh, Timsy's tips delivered by the Neds Punter's Toolbox. Hey, uh, Timsy, for your first up effort here on Off the Bench, you have uh, done so with flying colours, mate. Great to chat to you, and we'll do it again same time next week. Thanks very much, Benny. Looking forward to it. You're listening to Off The Bench with Benny Jones and Scott Sattler. You're listening to Off The Bench with Benny Jones and Scott Sattler. Yeah, welcome back to the program. Thanks to Liquorland, uh, all of your liquor needs taken care of. Uh, Liquorland, one-stop shop there. Coming up shortly, we've got a great debate surrounding Greg Inglis, also Makita Power Player, a couple of great nominations out of Sunday's grand final. And uh, we'll also find out what we're looking forward to this weekend in the world of sport. But earlier in the week, myself and Sats, we caught up with a former league champ, Origin and Kangaroo star, and now media megastar in Brent Tate to get his thoughts on a range of footballing issues, specifically the NRL Grand Final, and also what next for Greg Inglis. 
when you see those those scenes on Sunday, Tady, and everyone's celebrating, and you won a comp in 2006, does it does it take you back to the day that you were there? You know what, Sats? It's funny. I, I, I watched that, and you you just want to have it again so badly, but you just know it's never ever going to happen again. So um, it's almost like you just bottle it and bury it, don't you? But uh, it does bring back some really nice memories, and um, just seeing the, the players, uh, I, I, was, I had a great laugh at Dylan Napa still being in his playing kit um, the next day. <laughs> I, I just that just gave me a, a real chuckle and a real laugh, and uh, yeah, it took it did it did take me back a little bit, so it's nice. From all accounts, and this is this is a f- true story. He apparently still had his ankle strapping on. <laughs> like that, that's just great. I love that. Hey, uh, what'd you make of the grand final and the the dominant? The destroying of the Melbourne Storm by uh, by the Roosters, Tatey? Mate, I thought it was over within the first 20 minutes, mate. Yeah. I thought uh, Roosters' first 20 minutes absolutely set up the whole game and it was all over um, by that 20-minute mark, I thought. Uh, mate, I've never seen Melbourne rattled um, like they were, mate. It was a, an, an unbelievable performance. They were relentless, the Roosters. Um, and it's not too often... Then I sit back and say that I think Craig Bellamy got out coached, but I think he did by Trent Robinson. So it was just uh, it was an unbelievable Roosters performance. And as I said, mate, after 20 minutes, it, it really it was all over. Yeah, it was really dominant. Now let's the fallout 24 hours, 48 hours later, with your former Origin mate Greg Inglis, and of course going DUI and and speeding, and and then the fallout, of course, of that is losing the captaincy, suspended for two Test matches. What do you make of the whole situation? Is it surprising that GI found himself in in that predicament? And is is it the right punishment? Oh, I, I think it the, it is the right punishment. I think he couldn't have been the Australian captain um, after you know going DUI. I guess it's just really disappointing from you know knowing GI and being a mate of his. Mate, he's obviously gone from have, being the most proudest man on earth, give, being handed the most one of the most prestigious. Um, jobs in Australian sport, being captain of the Kangaroos, um, off off a bloke that's done it like Cameron Smith with absolute aplomb, and then losing it within the space of 24 hours. It's it is really really disappointing. I'm disappointed in GI too, to be honest, mate, that he's put himself in that predicament. Um, but he has, and um, you know he's going to pay a heavy cost because. I think now that Boy Cordner steps into that role, I mean, and you know, and they do well in the next couple of tests, which they will, it's going to be really hard to take it off him. So, you know, it's going to be one of those decisions GI is going to look back on for the rest of his life with a whole heap of regret, unfortunately. So, so Tady, and I asked the question of Sats a little earlier in the program, and as the dust still settles, maybe it's too early to ask the question, is that sort of cards marked for GI, regardless of the results of the next two tests and there's no one doubting that Boyd Cordner will do a superb job uh, in those two games. But uh, once he's repented and served out his punishment, that um, he couldn't possibly be then handed the captaincy beyond that in 2019, for example? Well, I just think, mate, that now Boyd's being, uh, being appointed the captain. That's just the way it'll be going yep. forward. I just think that's the status quo now. I think he's had his opportunity. Unfortunately, he's blowing it. Um, mm-hmm. And that's... You know, going forward, that's just the way it's going to be. It's going to be hard to take it off Boyd now. It really yeah. is. What about the test team, Tady? Um, Tyrone Peachy picked. Uh, no Keary after his the stellar year and also the performance in the grand final. Uh, and Dane Gagai, is he the right man to come in to replace GI? Yeah, I think he is, mate. I think he's, um, you know, he's had obviously an outstanding Origin series. I know his club form's been okay, but he's always got the job done, Dane. Um, Mate, I was, I was a little bit surprised 
um, that Peachy got picked, um, but I guess he does mm. offer that real utility value. Mate, I was really surprised at Aaron Woods. I think he should go and buy a lotto ticket, to be honest. I think that was... <laughs> I just can't... I can't believe he's been picked, mate, to be honest. I thought he's had a really, really poor year to the point where he left the club, the Bulldogs, where he failed to fire a shot. And then, um, yeah, I, I think he's really lucky to be in there, to be honest. I thought there was a lot of guys probably ahead of him that deserved to be picked. But, um, yeah, look, overall, mate, it's a, it's a pretty good side and... Uh, you know, I, I'm really excited for the upcoming tests, actually. I'm, I'm looking forward to the Kiwis and obviously the Tongan test because I know how passionate both those nations are about representing their country now. So I, I, I'm really looking forward to the, those two games coming up. Yeah, me too. I, I think with the Warriors having a, a better season, I think the Kiwis will, were pretty difficult um, in this test in a, in a couple of weeks. Now, let's just flip back to the grand final. Uh, Cooper Cronk, you and I have had a bit of a laugh over the last couple of weeks about some of his theatrics and his antics <laughs> um, away from... Uh, away from actually playing, but more about the injury. But from all that aside, still a very courageous effort, you think, playing in that grand final? I don't know how I should answer this one, Sats. To be honest, I'm not sure how to take it. I don't know whether it was courageous or selfish, to be honest, because if they had gone on and lost, which everyone says to me they haven't, so it doesn't matter. But I guess if that was me and I was in that position, mate, and I couldn't contribute in any shape or form like Cooper sort of, well, he couldn't. No. I would have made the decision for my team and I would have said, there's absolutely no way am I going to cost my team a grand final. I'm not playing. But that that's me. And I also played a different position to Cooper where, you know, you had to do your 15 hit-ups and, mm. you know, you, you get sort of 20-odd tackles a game where Cooper plays in a position where he obviously is that conductor role. But um, I guess if I'm speaking from myself personally, I wouldn't have played. I would have ruled myself out. Because yep. um, I wouldn't have wanted to put my team in that position, but uh, at the end of the day, he's played. They've won the comp, and you know it was a crazy effort. I'm not taking that away from him, and yeah, that, that's it's huge that he actually played with it. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's mate, it's a funny one. I, I, I don't know how to feel about it, to be honest. Yeah, I tend to I tend to sit in the same boat actually. Yeah, Brent Tate joining us here on Sports Day. Uh, to the winners go the spoils, the losers uh, pick up the pieces. Tady, and from a Melbourne point of view. Uh, just two-part question. Obviously, the uh, the final time we'll see Billy Slater out there, and he did everything he could in his power to, to keep Melbourne in that game when they were just under the pump in that first half. And, of course, the conjecture surrounding Cam Smith. Does he play on? Does he get to the 400-game milestone? There's a bit of an impasse between himself and the club at the moment surrounding his 2019 deal. How do you think that one will play out? Well, I'm really intrigued, to be honest, because I, you know Melbourne, when you look at them as a club, they're so well-run, they're so well-managed, so well-coached on and off the field. Um, and I find it really funny that with their greatest ever player, they're in a position where they can't agree to terms. And obviously there's something going on behind the scenes that we obviously don't know about and not privy to. But, um, you know, for such a well-run club, I just I find it really strange. And I, I just smell a bit of a rat. There must be something going on mm. there that we don't know about. Um, because for me, you just sign Cameron Smith and give him what he wants pretty much, don't you? But um, it's... Look, I think you'll end up playing, and I don't think you'll end in tears. I, I would, I would sincerely hope not. But um, yeah, Billy, unbelievable, and let's hope that Cam goes around and gets that 400 mark because there's not too many players going forward. I think we'll we'll achieve that. Yeah, I'm believing that everything's been agreed to some weeks ago, but there's some there's some conflict around possible money from. T- wants to be paid on ticket sales and merchandising, but okay. maybe we'll hear a little bit more right. about that later on. Now, just to finish off, Tating. 
we see that uh, Billy Slater, Cameron Smith are going to get statues outside of Amy Park, which I think is, is a, a great, um, just a, a great move by the club and also the Melbourne city itself to, to recognise two champions. Now, we see the new Townsville Stadium going up. Mm-hmm. It's going to be outstanding. Do you think maybe a Jonathan Thurston, and would if you had to think another player that would go alongside him as given the Cowboys great service, apart from yourself, Matty Bowen? Yeah, I was going to say Matty Bowen. Wouldn't it be nice to see those two side-by-side um, bronze? Because they had, you know, obviously they played together and, and had such a wonderful combination. And really, those two put the Cowboys on the map. You know, yeah. Matty Bowen come along early, and then obviously JT's carried it on. So I'd, I'd love to think that there'd be a, uh, a statue of those two up there. I think it'd be wonderful. I think, Tady, after your stellar performance late in the 2017 season on social media with the Cowboys towels, wave them around like you just don't care. <laughs> Surely there's a statue deserving of that amazing oh. moment in Cowboys history. Any chance you could push that gonna, to board? <laughs> I think they're going to have an interactive segment. With me, uh, you know, like <laughs> if they want to start a crowdfunding campaign, I'll put 10 bucks into it. No problem at all. Hey, uh, Tady, uh, mate, obviously... Uh, a big thanks for jumping on for your thoughts uh, from the weekend. Of course, the unfortunate Greg English situation, but also uh, on behalf of all of the listeners who've enjoyed the uh, the NRL Nation coverage throughout the year. Well done on your contribution to that as well. Trust you enjoyed it, and hopefully you'll be back in 2019 ready to go again. Yeah, it was so much fun, mate. Absolutely loved it. Great crew, crew of fellas, and um, I'm looking forward to next year already, mate. So that was Brent Tate joining us uh, on Off the Bench. Great to get the insight of one of the former greats of the game right now, Sats. Let's do this. The Great Debate for Kubota. Diesel generators for serious backup power. Yeah, that they are indeed. Kubota diesel generators provide reliable, constant backup power you need when you need it most. Uh, I suppose we've picked the brains there of Tatey as to uh, what's unfolded over the uh, course of the week and Greg Inglis. Such a sad... I guess, uh, end to what was when it was announced that he would be the uh, the captain of the Kangaroo side for these upcoming two tests. Wonderful story. I think uh, universally celebrated across the uh, rugby league landscape, but it didn't last too long once we discovered he'd been charged for uh, drink driving and speeding. So the question is for our great debate, should Greg Inglis be reinstated as skipper when and if, and there is still an if involved in that, yep. he gets back into the Kangaroos team in 2019? What are your thoughts? I don't know what to think about this one, Benny. I've, I've tried to give Greg Inglis every benefit of the doubt because I I was so excited when he got named as the captain. Oh, we all were, I think. One, yeah, because he's a, a proud Indigenous man. One of the great moments, I think, in recent rugby league rugby league history, very recent, is the Indigenous All-Stars match versus the NRL All-Stars match. Mm. And and that figure of, of Greg Inglis leading the Indigenous players through their war dance yep. and him standing like a, a figure of strength and, and independence while all these other players were, were bowed in a circle around him. I think it's one of the great images of rugby league. And I think it's up there with a, a Proven Summons trophy, the the photo yeah. that was based on that from the, Iconic, uh, the grand final in yep. the 60s. So yeah, you know, when I when I heard he was made captain, I thought this is just so befitting of a man that, um, that many have, have questioned about some of the areas off the field that he's been involved in in the past, but but you you can't hide from the fact that he's a, a tremendous athlete and and has really developed himself mm. since becoming the skipper of the of the Rabbitohs and and then to learn 12 hours later that he that he goes DUI and again I try to give myself every every chance to answer yes he still should be the captain even Greg Inglis was saying you know I still should be the captain of of Australia but but when you also start peeling back all the layers and and 
realising that Greg Inglis was one of the players, one of the senior players, along with Billy Slater, Cameron Smith, just to, just to name a few, yep. who put together the values and the ethics and, and the moral standards of what you stand of yeah. the stand as a as an Australian kangaroo when you put that jersey on. And Mal Manning has done a, a really good job at making players embrace the Australian jersey over the top of an origin jersey. And I think he's... I think it's sinking in with a lot of the players, and I think it did quite rapidly. Um, so to answer your question, no, I don't think he can be the captain if and when he returns to the Australian side. I don't think it's an if. I think he will definitely yeah. turn to the, return to the Australian side, as he as he should, uh, as captain, based on... If Greg Inglis wasn't part of the playing group that put together the, those, those moral compasses mm. to wear the jersey, I'd say, yeah. Yeah, you probably could make him captain, but yep. not when you not yep. when you're part of the um, the code of ethics development of uh, of the kangaroo side moving forward. Yeah, victim of the culture he's helped to create essentially. Uh, but let's hope. And many may uh, argue, Benny, that he probably shouldn't play for Australia again as well. Yeah, you know, we we know that Mal Meninga has left David Fafita out just because he doesn't fit. He doesn't fit the puzzle of what a perfect puzzle looks like when you put all the pieces together to wear in a kangaroo jersey. So. There's many that may argue that he shouldn't play again. I'd like to think he should. Yeah, great debate. I agree. Kubota diesel generators for serious backup power. We will take a very quick break here on Off the Bench. A Makita power player or two to be nominated by Sats next. We'll also get a preview for the driver's seat ahead of, well, the biggest weekend in motorsport in this country. Bathurst just around the corner. You are listening to Off the Bench. The Makita Power Player for Makita's massive redemption sale. Makita, when power means business. Oh, yeah, off the bench. Welcome back to the program. And just before Sats reveals his uh, nominee or nominees for this week's Makita Power Player, just a reminder, you can get serious with Makita's unbeatable deals by grabbing yourself a free Makita cordless turbo blower worth 299 bucks when you buy selected cordless lawnmower and line trimmer kits. That offer is via online redemption. Visit at makita.com.au for details. Makita, when power means business. Speaking of power, they were mighty powerful on the weekend, those Sydney Roosters. And uh, I think that's where our nominations come from, Sats. Of course, you'd think Luke Keary, first and foremost, would be the Makita power player. And he was outstanding. Um, A near-perfect performance. Um, He risked a pass over the top that Josh Adokar took an intercept and many thought Melbourne were back in the game but they were far from it. But it was a a tremendous performance from Luke Keery, the Clive Churchill medal but another individual I think deserves special mention also is the Makita power player and he wasn't a player Mm. well he's the head coach, Trent Robinson of the Roosters. For two reasons the first reason his meticulous planning around the various scenarios for his side for the grand final with or without Cooper Cronk Yeah. a lot of risk involved. Um, a lot, a lot of, of doubt. Mo- he would have had a lot of sleepless nights. A lot of moving yeah, parts too, the right call. Benny. You know, this player was going to play here and these players were going to shift over here and this player was going to do this. Basically breaking the process of what's worked for them for the 27 weeks prior to playing in the grand final, 26 weeks. So, yeah. you know, it was, it was a huge risk from Trent Robinson, but he had faith in his playing group that they'd be able to execute it. So that first and foremost. But I think the most profound moment is... Lindsay Collins, the 18th man, who thought he was playing up until Sunday morning, not knowing what Cooper Cronk was going to do. Mm. When he was told he wasn't going to play, he was obviously deeply disappointed, but understood, played a huge part in their season, the young front rower. 
and Trent Robinson was asking the players where Lindsay Collins was in the dressing shed. And they all went over to Lindsay Collins and said, oh, listen, Robbo's looking for you. So he went over and said, I believe you're looking for me. He said, yeah, I believe this is yours and gave him his premiership ring. So oh, wow. I think it's an, an amazing moment. Uh, we've seen it happen before with, with Jonathan Thurston giving it to, to Steve Price in the 2004 grand final. Yeah, just the, oh. the, the game, or not the game, sport in general just continues offering these amazing moments in, in time. That is an incredible gesture. Just quietly, do you think that the uh, the head uh, honchos at the Roosters will just organise another ring just, just on the on the side for, for Trent? I think they might. I think they might. I you think reckon they've got the budget think, to do that? I think you had a fair... I think he had a fair, <laughs> a fair um, involvement in, yeah, the, uh, in the grand I'll, final. I'll yeah, sort I think it out. I think they might be able to scrounge up a little bit of money. <laughs> yeah, the Roosters, pass the hat around, boys. One, yeah. Pass the hat around. Massive redemption <laughs> sale. Grab yourself free Makita gear. Visit makita.com.au for all of those details. The driver's seat preview for Kubota skid steers. Power at your fingertips. Yeah, last week on the show, the boys caught up with Harry Bates after his win at the Adelaide Rally. With both him and Steve being sons of motor racing royalty, we thought we'd see if there was any input from the old man on the day. Well, Did your dad get in your ear? Like, cause, you know, <laughs> we've obviously got Stevie J here, whose who's old man, you know, whacks him around the back of the head and all that kind of stuff. Does does your dad Neil Bates, who's you know a multi-time Australian rally champion, uh, does he get in your ear and say, "Hey, what's uh, what are you thinking, mate? What's going on?" Um, oh, look, he does from time to time. I think uh, Dad's one of these people when it's all going well, um, he's really happy and everything's, everything's um, all positive and that sort of thing. But, uh, you know, we were talking before about bad luck and like all of us, he gets a bit frustrated when that happens and, um, yeah, he can he can say things that are a little bit unhelpful sometimes as well. But, uh, <laughs> you know, he's, all in all, he knows the sport pretty much better than anyone I can think of and, um, you know, he's always got something... Uh, worthwhile and helpful to say. Oh, we've got something in common, I guess, haven't we? You you and I. (laughs) With fathers on the sideline. So for Kubota Construction Equipment, delivering power and performance, speak to your Kubota dealer. This week on the show, we pay tribute to Bob Jane, who passed away last week, and catch up with Fabian Coulthard and Scotty McLaughlin at, of course, the race that will stop the nation if you're a motorsport fan, and that is, of course, Bathurst. Uh, Catch the guys Sunday on the driver's seat for the Kubota M71 which has the size and power you need. Speak to your Kubota dealer. We'll take a quick break here on Off the Bench. When we return, we'll uh, look back on a gurney high-pressure moment from the weekend that was and also find out what Sats is looking forward to this weekend. You're listening to Off the Bench. You're listening to Off the Bench with Benny Jones and Scott Sattler. Yeah, you are indeed for Liquorland. Great to have their support as we launch into the summer months of sport here across uh, this great brown land of ours. And, boy, we're excited about some of the big contests that are coming our way shortly. So much so, in fact, we're going to talk about a few of those pertaining to this weekend very, very soon. But before we do that... A Gurney high-pressure moment for Gurney high-pressure cleaners. Available at Bunnings Warehouse. Gurney High Pressure Cleaners, yeah, they are available at that wonderful establishment, Bunnings Warehouse. Gurney gets the job done. Now, Sats, I'm going to treat this, and please bear with me, this is Mm -hmm. like therapy for me. You know when you have a really traumatic experience, either when you're growing up or even through your adult life, you just have to talk to someone about it. You have to get it all out there before you can move on, and that's what I'm effectively doing here. So I'm going to give – oh, this this is painful. The Gurney High Pressure moment. This is obviously AFL-based, the way I'm hearing it. It is. To West Coast Eagles midfielder. Oh, yuck. I can't say his name. Uh, Dom Sheed, (laughs) who kicked one of the most iconic goals 
in recent history, if not the entire history of the AFL. Paint a picture for you. His side's a couple of points down. There's less than two minutes on the clock. He's taken a mark 40 metres out. He's tucked in on the boundary line, and he has to kick the goal to put his team in front. He's a lefty. He was on the He's right a, angle yeah, too, wasn't he? He was on the right side for a left footer, if that makes sense. But he was on the narrowest of angles. 100,000 sets of eyes watching him. Uh, probably 3.5 million watching from home. He's got Collingwood supporters over his shoulder telling him, all sorts of things that I can't repeat on air, and he goes back and he slots it, Sats. Oh, he no. slotted it, and now he'll never have to buy another was a drink pressure moment, for the rest it? of his life in Western Australia. Uh, probably you know, in Australia, because anyone who doesn't like Collingwood was cheering that kick home. You, you uh, might be able to help me with the West Coast tall, but the passage of play, firstly, when yeah, it went down, Jeremy McGovern head, takes a great mark. Him, and then punched that kick. Yeah, to uh, who was that? To Nathan in Vardy. In between Collingwood players, yeah. like, three, like it wouldn't have happened in any other time. Who then kicks it down the wing to Liam Ryan, who takes an like any other week of the year. Flying that's a, Ryan. That's a specky. Flying yeah. Ryan against two Collingwood defenders. He gets it on to Sheed. And he gets it on to Sheed. It was an amazing passage. Like, it was just... It's one for the ages, honestly. Yeah. It's one Tell of the, it's one it. of those passages that we're going to see for many, many years. Not just the, the kick from Sheed, but the, the entire passage don't, was just don't, sublime. Don't worry about years. I see it every night in my dreams, my nightmares, <laughs> Sats. But uh, it was an amazing goal. And, you, you, I mean, those are the moments, as sporting fans let alone players, they're the moments we live for. And yeah. you just, oh, got to take your hat off to him. So Dom Sheed, well done. Gurney high-pressure moment for Gurney high-pressure cleaners available at Bunnings Warehouse. Uh, Sats, what have we got to look forward to? No more footy. I mean, there is some footy. Don't get me wrong. We've got some uh, some rep games, some test matches yep. ahead of us. But um, well, what's got you excited this weekend? I think some um, some contests in the States, one in particular. Uh, yeah, I'm UFC. looking forward to UFC in, in Vegas as we've, We've spoken about previously. It's Khabib yes. up against Conor McGregor. Yep. Conor McGregor hasn't been in the ring for nearly a year now. Well, he's been off boxing. And yeah, Floyd Mayweather, he picked up a nice little paycheck there. and yep. He just signed a six-fight deal with the UFC. Yep. Uh, now he takes on Khabib, uh, who's a Kazakhstan, who is just, again, he just bear hugs you and just breaks every bone in your body and rips <laughs> your face off your head. And, <laughs> and Conor McGregor, who's one of the great strikers, one of the great punchers. Now, whether you like mm. UFC or not, yeah. he just intrigues me. And I'm not a great lover of UFC. I'm more of a boxing fan. But He's a showman. Oh, he, he sells me. He, he makes me dream. believe. Yeah. He makes me believe in the in the sport. And he makes me believe in him. So I... I I'll be glued to the TV this Sunday. Brilliant. Well, uh, I'll tell you where motorsport fans will be glued Sunday, and that is to what's happening at Bathurst. If they're not at Bathurst, which a lot of them probably will be, uh, Mount Panorama, they get a massive turnout for this. And while he's not retiring from the sport full-time, this will be Craig Lowndes' last Bathurst yes. as a uh, as a week-in, week-out driver. He'll, he'll participate in the longer races, the Enduros, but what a... What an amazing uh, attribute to the sport Craig Lowndes has been. The smiling assassin, the baby-faced boy who came in. Peter Brock was his hero, and he's won this race many a time. And it'd be, um, it'd be a bit of a fairy tale if he could cross the line first on, uh, on Sunday, Lowndes. Yeah, it'd be great. Love to see. You can see a fairy tale just emerging, can't you? I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. Let's see how that plays out. And speaking of fairy tales, well, the owners of Winx have been riding one for the last uh, three or four years. Uh, she's running around going for 28 straight in the Turnbull Stakes. Uh, this is at Flemington. Uh, it takes place uh, on Saturday. It could be her last race, by the yeah. way, uh, at, yeah. at, uh, at Flemington. Uh, and she's, at the moment, a $1.30 pop to win a fourth consecutive Cox Plate. When you think that's the greatest weight for age race in the country, to start at $1.30, 
it's almost ridiculous. If in she, fact, it if is. she wings the Cox, Cox Plate for the fourth time, do you think do you think they'll pull her up? You just you just don't know. The the trainer uh, Chris Waller you're has one. You always one race close to. Yeah, being I understand. Upset, aren't you? Uh, Chris Waller has always said, as long as she's sound of 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 mind and of body and and looks as though. Uh, she's she's still going well enough. Here we are. We're questioning. We're questioning yeah, the, the trainer. We, but we can. Well, only you need have to pull him up because she's going to lose one day. But where <laughs> well, he she, she basically might. lives with the horse every day. But I mean, four cox plates in a row, and then by that stage, it could be nearly thirty straight. No oh. one's won four in a row, have they? No, 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 no not even not even close. So I mean, I, either way, if they kept racing her, it's exciting for us as fans. If they were to say that's it, we'll hang the saddle up. She arguably goes down as the greatest of all time yeah. in, in this country. So, anyway, let's hope she just does the job on Saturday. For those who've backed her at $1.15, good luck and happy punting. Uh, that's probably about it for the weekend. Uh, this has been Off the Bench. Sats, uh, summer sport, bring it on. I'll catch you same time next yeah, week. have a great weekend.